I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. What did you do? Nothing. I stirred the tanks. Whoa. Hey. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Captain Chaos, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Houston! You have a problem! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, they got to laugh at the Mavericks through Rondo, through you know Dirk's retirement and all of our tears, and here we are on the other side of it. Let's go. Oh, let's soak it all in. We <laughs> Nick and I texted a little bit before this, and <laughs> there's this it, this story is so much fun. And I was I just texted back and said a whole segment laughing about this rocket story. There's literally, I mean, as a Mavs fan, you just absolutely love to see the Rockets just cr- crash and burn. When your head coach just willingly walks out and says, hey, I'm just going to go be an assistant somewhere. <laughs> and then your GM, who is very well respected, just says, hey, you know, I, I think I'm done. Week later, I'm, hey, I have a new job. Yeah, hey, I know I just signed a five-year deal like four minutes ago, but yeah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Houston's owner. That's fun. And now <laughs> this... <laughs> Every it's just so much fun right now. I've said this before. My best friend's a Rockets fan, and he's just the amount of emojis and gifts that have been texted today of just the this is fine, you know, it's setting in a room full of fire. And oh man, so shout out to Rockets fans today. Pour one out for you guys. On today's show, we are obviously going to break down the bombshell article in the athletic about the houston rockets if you've not read it i i recommend it because it's just literal gold the whole thing especially if you're a mavericks fan that takes lots and lots of i don't know pride not necessarily pride but if you if you take pleasure in the rockets demise this is going to be a great article for you great podcast for you and then we'll break down our last two teams for our trade targets utah jazz washington wizards we'll talk about a couple of options there those are the last two teams we've been going through teams alphabetically trade targets for every single team and so now we've gone through them so any trade that happens with the mavericks we can say we called that because (laughs) we've gone through them all so a couple other newsy things that happen the hawks have emerged as a potential trade destination for drew holiday in a multi-trade scenario with atlanta's sixth pick isaac could the mavericks get in on a deal like that Oh gosh. Um I'm I mean I guess they could get in on the third piece of this. I'm just more focused on the Atlanta getting Drew Holiday. I listen to well, okay, I don't want to go that route. Um <laughs> cuz I was going to disagree with somebody, but I think we're connected to them still. And Drew Holiday going to Atlanta, once again, it's kind of the same concept for me with Phoenix and getting Chris Paul. Go do it. Like, go go get Drew Holiday if you can. Like, I I totally understand when young teams want to try to go get a guy that can get their young star into the playoffs. And if I'm Atlanta right now, heck, you get Drew Holiday. I don't know what else what I would have to give up uh, outside the sixth pick for Drew Holiday. But if you can add Drew to that team and try to sneak into the playoffs, we've talked about how much the playoffs we think is going to mean for this young Mavs team. So 
go get him if if you're Drew. I mean, if you're Atlanta, go get Drew Holiday. I don't know what the third team would look like in this in this deal. Uh, I guess yeah, I don't know what that would even look like. Yeah, I guess salaries would have to come from yeah, but the Hawks even have the Hawks even have cap space that they can make a deal like this. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting rumor today. Mavericks maybe you know in on something like that, but maybe the Hawks would never want to trade with the Mavericks ever again. So. That's also a possibility. That that is very very true. I also saw a Reddit thing today, kind of uh, in the same vein. Of that, so we threw out this three team trade yesterday, the Chris Paul deal. Um, that you know ESPN reported about Chris Paul going to um, going to Phoenix, and we talked about Dallas getting involved with that, trying to get Kelly Oubre. I know there's mm-hmm. some stuff going on, you know, online today saying OKC okay, so wasn't really interested in Ru- Rubio and Oubre, which kind of makes it you know hey makes our three way deal um, seem more likely. Uh, but I, I guess there was a version of that going around Reddit today, Mavs Reddit, that had Dorian in that trade. And our our trade did not have Dorian because I tweeted out the pod today. I had multiple pe- people tweet at me. He's like, we don't want to give up Dorian. No Dorian. I'm like, we never even mentioned Dorian. So <laughs> I don't even uh, think we said his name. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not giving up Dorian in no. a deal like that. Um, I do think Ubre would would play a role in Dallas. And if you can go get him while offsetting money uh, in the future and getting off some money in 2021, I would go do it because he's expiring contract. So listen to yesterday's pod. If you want, if you haven't, I would not trade Dorian straight up for Kelly Oubre. (laughs) There was a Houston trade (laughs) that we didn't talk about on yesterday's pod. When we broke down the lockdown mock draft, there was a trade that we didn't, that we, you and I both discussed and because we looked around at teams who don't have a first round pick and said, all right, who, who could trade in, who would buy in for this pick? And we had, we had discussions with Houston, the, uh, the locked on rockets host, who's acting as their GM and about a Dorian Finney Smith, our first round pick, which was 25 on oh, the yeah. locked on draft. Cause we made a trade for PJ Tucker. And Nick and I went back and forth about that. If, if Dallas would do that, Mavs fans, would you do that if Houston called and said, all right, they basically want a first round pick and taking Dorian Finney-Smith, would would slash should Dallas do that to get like a vet wing guy and P.J. Tucker? I was going to say, don't just say, don't just make it vague. It was P.J. Tucker for the 25th pick and Dorian. And yeah. I said, I said I wouldn't do that. I would rather just keep Dorian because he's signed for that four million. He's he's half of what PJ Tucker's making. He's also like half of his age. But we don't have to get into <laughs> the, that deal right now. We'll, we'll talk about that maybe on a different different day when we, when the lockdown mock comes out. But um, uh, let's let's talk about this Rockets article now because it was just. Mm. I mean, we could even just go line by line on this. But there was rumors that the Knicks and the Celt and the Clippers were interested in Russell Westbrook. That came out a couple days ago. And then it was rumored that Westbrook wants out. That happened early on Wednesday. And then this article drops from Shams and a couple other people on The Athletic. Basically, I'm just going to read, go line by line with you. Westbrook well, that, is a, well, that before the article, that span of what, an hour, maybe hour and a half, that Shams just drops the bomb that Westbrook wants out. Yeah. that's. I mean, that that's pretty dang significant of... You know, the ESPN was kind of, I guess the Chris Paul Phoenix having to go like talks was the first kind of mini bomb. But like this was like a significant bomb in the NBA that bam, Westbrook just wants out. So that for a good hour, they were like, dang, this is going to start getting juicy. And then the tell all story of 
Everything came out too. The reason why he wanted out, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole reason. So we'll start with this. Westbrook has informed team officials that he has been uneasy about the team's accountability and culture. And he wants to join a team where he can have a similar role to his prior floor general, floor general role in OKC. I'm going to play Westbrook translator here for you. Uh, guys, I'm kind of sick and tired of watching James Harden dribble all the time, and I would like to dribble all the time. Also, if no one can hold James Harden accountable, uh, then I would like a team where no one would have to hold me accountable, because if that's the way that your number one player acts, then I want to be that number one player. If that's the way it's going to be, then I might as well just be that player. (laughs) Okay, so when they made the deal for Chris Paul, for Westbrook one remember Houston gave up two first round picks and two pick swaps in that deal. So, which is absolutely amazing because OKC is probably going to get value out of Chris Paul and they're going to basically turn Westbrook into like two first, two pick swaps and whatever they get for Paul, which Ooh. is just genius. And a, and a, they went to the playoffs. <laughs> yes. And they went to the playoffs. But the fact that I feel like they made that deal because everyone was saying that Harden really wanted Russ and they're like, Oh, we're friends and all this stuff. Russ comes in, it's probably like, holy crap, wonder why James likes it here because everything is catered to him. And Russ is the only person that can hold him accountable. And <laughs> now he doesn't really like playing with him. And uh, so now he wants out. And I'm, I mean, I just wonder what the obviously Westbrook probably wants to have a go back to having the ball in his hands that role again, but he wants it on a good team. There's just ain't going to be a good team that is willing to just give the whole keys of the kingdom to Russ again. So if he wants this role, have fun in Charlotte, bro. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte, the Knicks, like, go have fun on, on one of those teams. Because that, that's the only place at this point where teams are going to be super interested in that. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of this. There's so much more in this. There's mm, basically yes. every role player is quoted in this article as having some sort of grievance. You get a paragraph. You get a paragraph. <laughs> you get a paragraph. <laughs> has some kind of grievance with the way that the Rockets have been run. So we'll have a good laugh at it coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Oh, man. This next six weeks, five weeks or so, is going to be packed full. You and I are going to be doing double duty doing all kinds of podcasts, and we're going to need all the energy we can get. And Built Go can give us that energy as well as protein to go on the go, take the little packets with you. They're super easy. They're really delicious. The peanut butter honey one is good. Coconut chocolate is good. And the chocolate mint one is probably my favorite flavor. They're these little packages. They're like a peanut butter consistency. They have the energy gel and the collagen protein. They also they have the protein of a built bar. They have the taste. They taste exactly like a built bar, which is wild. It's like if you put built bar in a blender, but then made it peanut butter, basically, and then also put uh, caffeine in it. It's just it's what a great combination. So go try built go. Go to builtgo.com. Use the promo code locked. You'll get twenty percent off your next order. Use the promo code locked for twenty percent off at builtgo.com. Builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, Isaac, let's keep going through this article. This is from The Athletic about the Rockets and basically why Russell Westbrook wants out. Sources told Sham Sharania of The Athletic that Houston, you know, Houston, that Harden remains committed to the Rockets and he is locked in for the season. So Westbrook wants out, but Harden still wants to stay in Houston. Uh, basically, he looked at he looked at his deal and said, hey, if everybody's going to treat me like this and everything's going to be fine, then I'm just going to stay where I am, status quo. Yeah, I mean... If everything's, which I think this is a bigger question or a bigger conversation too about how franchises handle star players, because it, it's such it has to be a, a difficult thing, right? I mean, we talk we sure. would hear if you all have these a difficult stories. star, for sure. 
but it's like, but you also, as a team and franchise, you also want to cater to your star. I mean, let's not be dumb about this. Whatever Luca wants, for the most part, he's probably going to get, yeah. especially before he signs, uh, you know, a, ma- a max deal. But it's like what, everything you heard about Westbrook in OKC and like how much everything was catered to him and, and from media to everything. His parking and, spots, like like things like that, yeah. where he he had anything that he wanted. But you also have to have some type of accountability, too. You can't just let that player, no matter how big of a star you are, just run everything uh, at the same time. So it has to be a hard balance for teams and organizations. I get that. So I, w- I do want to recognize that. But it seems like uh, in Houston, it's uh, a different level. This is it's it's so crazy. So let's keep going through the rest of this. Then, then we'll have a bigger conversation about this star player thing. P.J. Tucker was apparently upset about his contract that they didn't guarantee his contract till after the trade deadline. That's, Eric, that's stupid on their part. Eric Gordon was upset about his role on the team as well. He was He's getting paid like $16, 17000000 million, and he's coming off the bench. He was sixth man of the year. He said he was upset that his role diminished since the 2017 season. And I was like, yeah, they traded for Chris Paul, and then they traded for Russell Westbrook. Of course your role is going to go down, right? Like, this is... You know, this is that's what it's going to be. I, I'm surprised that he was, you know, like surprised by that, you know, that he was caught off guard maybe by that. But I guess you could still be upset even if you knew it was coming. Uh, Austin Rivers also mm. upset with his role and he's apparently turning down his player options. So he's out of there. Um, also, Austin Rivers upset with your role. Mm. Cool. Glad you're <laughs> upset with your role player role. Hey, did you know that his dad? Did you know that his sister? Did you know that his sister <laughs> is married to Seth Curry and that Doc is the father? Glenn? But, but can you please can you please read the last line of that Austin Rivers paragraph? Well, there's one more thing. So Daniel okay. House was upset that another so Dan, this Daniel House thing came out of nowhere for me. Maybe <laughs> Rockets fans know this better than me, but Daniel House was another player who wasn't pleased with his usage and involvement in the offense and has, and has verbally challenged D'Antoni, Harden, and Westbrook this season. Uh, the cojones, the, the Tim McMahon cojones factor on Daniel House to go up against Harden and Westbrook. D'Antoni, you know, he, you know, uh, that's whatever. But maybe yeah. that's why he didn't play. <laughs> I guess so. He got suspended in the bubble. But he was upset about he was upset about that. And uh, man, that was interesting. But the big the big the, my favorite part of this whole article was, like you mentioned, the end of the Austin River section where this is another instance of. <laughs> of James Harden getting different treatment. So it says in another instance, Austin Rivers was barked at by James Harden after the former MVP missed a free throw and blamed Rivers who was standing by the bench for distracting him. This is unbelievable and and incredible. I mean, (laughs) the sentence is amazing because it says (laughs) he was barked at by Harden, the former MVP. We have to remember this guy is one of the best players in the entire world, right? Like Daryl Morey has said he's the better scorer than Michael Jordan. Now that's obviously not true, but he, you know, is a, one of the greatest scorers of all time. He missed a free throw and he barked at Austin Rivers, who is standing by the bench for distracting him. <laughs> I'd be that'd be like if I was on this podcast and I was like, man, this tree outside my window is really just distracting me from this podcast. Like if it was an empty gym. And he was standing over there. That's still a lame excuse. But the fact that I, I'm just so uh, I'm what just could amazed. Austin Rivers have been doing, right? 
Not, nothing. When, did it say when this happened? Was this like pre-COVID? Because if it's pre-COVID and it's in like a normal arena, yeah, there's we thousands have a, of people in there. We have about a million other things that could be going on, from sounds to people standing up and cheering and all. And for him, just that, for you to be able to bark at a teammate who's standing up on the sidelines and say you like blame them. That's some next level blame right there. It was very much Michael Scott energy when he's playing basketball and he misses all those shots and he goes, what is wrong with me today? He's like yelling down the court. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just to <laughs> Incredible. To blame Austin Rivers for missing a free throw. that Austin Rivers didn't wasn't even playing. He was standing by the uh, bench. Can you imagine Austin Rivers like, well, what the crap did I do? Like what? I know he's just sta- he's probably like he has a diagram of his family tree. Like, hey, look, this is my dad. He play- <laughs> he coaches the Clippers at this point. This is my sister. She is now married to Seth Curry. He is the brother of Steph Curry. <laughs> this is Paul George. Who? Never mind. Oh God. Also, this all kind of cul- culminated in the reason why Westbrook wants to leave. A large chunk of the angst. I appreciate that word. However, stems from the lack of accountability. Sources said. During the January locker room meeting following a home loss to Portland, Westbrook, who was leading the meeting, went around the room indicating what was wrong and what each player needed to do to fix the losing streak, starting with himself. So that's good, sources said. When it came to Harden, however, he He's wasn't... Like, hey, I gotta... <laughs> no, come on, <laughs> He wasn't as receptive to criticism as other teammates, sources said. Whew. Come on, James. You just gotta take it. And this brings, this brings me back to the main conversation. I think that all of this kind of culminates in it matters who your number one is. It matters who your star player Mm -hmm. is, right? If your star player is not a galvanizing force, if he is not a guy that other people can get behind, it is really hard. You can still win in the NBA, right? Like, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's this galvanizing force, but he's not getting in the way, right? Uh, this analogy might, this, I would say this, this analogy might not work for everybody, but it's like, Okay, so a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are either pastors or they go to church or it's like. <laughs> oh, so I went to school for worship leading, right? And you're you're on stage, and I don't they know said if a lot of our listeners are pastors. <laughs> we there we get DMs from pastors all the we time. We do get we do get DMs tens of e- tens of DMs. The thousands of people who listen. There is a dozen of us. The rest of the moment. Uh, the main job of a worship leader is to not be a distraction, right? You're supposed to like your congregation is supposed to focus on God, right? During that music. And it feels like your star player is supposed to not distract from the main purpose. At least do that, right? That's the minimum. If not help your team get to their goal and get to where they, they want to be and where, you know, the goal they want to focus on. And I don't think Harden is a very good worship leader. I think he's a big distraction. I don't, I think that it's, you know, he's not really pointing everyone towards God. He's not pointing everyone towards the main source. If you want to follow my analogy there, so, am I so taking this too far? A, he, he should be like an executive pastor. <laughs> <laughs> he's now, over men's is, ministry. I'm going to replace Batman and Robin with like head pastor and executive pastor. <laughs> Are you saying that he's more of an executive than a head? Is he more like, does this tell you something though that he's, could you go as far as saying like maybe he's better as a Robin? The thing is though, it's it's too it's too late, right? It's too late for a guy like that because he's been treated as know. he's been treated as a Batman his whole career. You don't know the, this if whole it, article I'm, was I'm about the, if he went the accountability that he won't take. I'm saying I'm no. saying if he went to a no. new team, like if he went okay, no, but here's the thing: if he if he got traded tomorrow for the whole Nets package, 
To who? And he goes to New- and he goes to New York. I mean, no, he, goes he to thinks Brooklyn. he's better than Durant. He thinks he's better than Kyrie. Him and Kyrie would but not he, work. But but he but he wouldn't be the alpha like Durant is. He the would alpha. think he was. But I don't think it would. I don't think it would matter. I'm talking about. I think you're giving him too much credit. It? All this stuff we just read is he's not receptive to any kind of criticism. I get that, but. I think it matters more when you're not receptive whenever you're the alpha to where if you remove him from the alpha and then he's not receptive, it's not as bad because we're talking about how damaging it is as an alpha being not receptive and not a good leader. I'm talking about if he wasn't, if he went to uh, a Brooklyn situation, if he went to another situation to where there was clearly a guy above him, then I think you could overlook it a little bit more. And Not I'm like Paul George and like for and the I'm, Clippers. And I'm telling you, well, that worked out really well. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he was like what second in MVP and then one MVP like three years in a row. He does not think yeah. anyone is ahead of him. Like no one. Not LeBron, not Durant, no one. Not Kawhi, not Giannis. I mean, Michael Jordan himself could yeah. come back and he'd be like, no, I'm the guy. I agree. But kind it just going back to the alpha thing. That's where I need like your alpha has to be a specific thing. Like I think Kawhi can come into the locker room, and I could be totally wrong. And, and when he talks, I feel like people would listen. Yeah, because like, it's, we, it, he doesn't talk a lot. That, are we confident that the Rockets players would be locked into James Harden if he tried to give a speech? Well, if it, it would be like, well, bro, you're not accepting your criticism, so why should I accept criticism from you, right? It's that kind of thing. Exactly. I, I'm going to yeah. assume that Kawhi accepts criticism and tries to get better. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it is I- intriguing. And, I mean, I've said all along, I think they should trade him for Ben Simmons, but <laughs> I'll just continue to beat that drum. Yeah, him and Embiid would, I don't know how that would go. But, yeah. You got to swing for it, though. That, if you could, If you could get... James Harden for Ben Simmons and you're Philly. You do it in a, uh, hands down. Sure. Because you yeah. immediately have a Harden MB duo that can match up with any other duo in the league. That doesn't fix your James Harden situation, though. In that situation, I it might not because then there's not a clear. My whole thing with the, the Harden situation is if there is an alpha on his team above him, there's if not. He went to the, but um, that's what I'm saying. If he went to the Lakers, he would it not be that big of a. He would think that he was the alpha. It wouldn't be that big alpha. of a deal because because LeBron's the alpha and like it's it's all about who like how the alpha runs the thing. We have our biggest issue with James Harden because he's the alpha, and I think that trickles down to the rest of the Rockets. Would it trickle down to the rest of the team if he wasn't the alpha? That's my thing. No, but this is a matter of perception. He does not perceive himself to be a beta anywhere. He is always the alpha. He would at least Maybe consider himself. We would we would definitely say LeBron would be the alpha. He would not think that. And that's that's where this think, problem comes from. Who do you think the alpha was in that locker room this past year? Westbrook or Harden? Well, Sounds like it was Westbrook. Seems to me like it was Daniel House. <laughs> <laughs> the the alpha, I mean, in the in the locker room, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you you guess from that from this story, it seems like it's Westbrook because he was the one that, you know, led the team meeting and stuff like that. But I mean, it doesn't change what Harden thinks of himself like on the court. Yeah. He's sure. always going to think of himself as the number one, the alpha. And so that in that sense, I don't think it'd change anything. But either way, uh, it's funny seeing this uh, rocket situation just go down in flames. Yeah. And once again, going back to if they we haven't seen anything with schedule, but if they do trot out a schedule to where they say we want to keep people closer to home and it is something like we're going to play teams in your division more than, you know, more than four times, you're going to play each team in your division like six times or something. If the Rockets go into rebuild mode way click, you know, like quicker than what we think, then 
that's a good sign for Dallas because then you're looking at San Antonio, Houston, I'm running New Orleans, Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. I mean, none of those are top four, top five teams in, in your conference. So the Mavs least, are the best team out of all those. Yeah, for sure. Mavs clearly the best team in Texas. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Coming up, let's get into some of these trade targets. I actually want I actually have one Westbrook trade that I want to go over and see what you think about it. Uh, but we'll if go. If you mention him to Dallas, I swear I quit the pod. No, I'm done. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> do our trade targets to Jazz to the Jazz and the Wizards coming up. All right, Isaac. Let's get into some trade targets. But before we get to that, Russell Westbrook to the Knicks. I, I'm so fascinated in this. I just think that I, I just want to see him on the Knicks. I want to I want the Knicks to be just some kind of interesting, right? Um. Even though there's not going to be a ton of fans this year to see, you know, the Garden have somebody to root for. The Knicks could trade. <laughs> the problem is they'd have to send so many guys back because of salary purposes. But they could send Julius Randle, guarantee Taj Gibson and send him. Send Reggie Bullock, send Wayne Ellington. Now, how many of those guys actually play on the team? They actually could all probably make make the rotation, but they could send those guys. And then they some kind of incentive, right? They have the number eight pick. In this year's draft, they have the 27th pick and they have the 38th pick. One of those picks. They also have their first round pick next year. Dallas's first round pick next year. Charlotte's second round pick next year. And then they have their own first round pick in 2022 that they could trade as well. They also have Dennis making 5.6 million and Frank making six, six million. So one of those, one of those sweeteners, right? You know, they're, they're different levels of sweetness. One's a sweet and low and the other one's like a Splenda, but, um, and would that interest you if you're the Rockets? One is, one is the legit four seasons. The other one is the four seasons. <laughs> Total landscaping. Um, I, yeah, sure. I mean, if it's going to be a bad team that trades for Westbrook, then might as well be the Knicks. Let's put Westbrook in the garden and have fun with it. Westbrook with Nil Keenan next to him. You know, Mitchell Robinson catching lobs. RJ Barrett trying to figure out his place in the world. Whoever they get with the eighth pick. I think there can be some, there's some intrigue there for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving up the eighth eighth pick in, for that. No, I I'm trying. If I'm New York, I try to do it. That's the sneaky thing with New York's like dumb contracts they handed out is they can like guarantee some of these deals like Gibson, whoever, to make some salaries work. But yeah, if it's Randall, some throw together vets, a second round pick, and like Kevin Knox, and Houston's basically saying, all right, cool, we get Kevin Knox and Julius Randall for Westbrook. Sure, we don't have to pay him forty million. Yeah, especially if he wants out, and, you know, they get a you know pick. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, the Utah Jazz. We've gone over all these teams. We're, we're now to the Utah Jazz. They have Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert making thirty four and a half million and twenty six and a half million respectively on basically um, on basically expiring contracts. Conley is a player option, but I think he's going to pick that up thirty four and a half million. So they have those two players. They have. Bojan Bogdanovic, he's making 17.8 million, 18.7, and then 19.5 over the next three years. He's their next highest player, paid player. Jordan Clarkson's a free agent. Joe Ingles making 10.8 million and then 13 million. Ed Davis making five. Donovan Mitchell still on his rookie deal, making five next year. Tony Bradley making three. They have a bunch of non-guaranteed contracts with uh with uh Niang. They have a couple of random guys off the bench. Rayon Tucker, Juwan Morgan. Remember when those guys played the Mavs? Royce O'Neal making eight and a half million. And then that's pretty much their team. So they're, I don't see a ton of trade targets here. You could do some kind of Conley deal. 
that brings him to Dallas. That's the expiring deal that you could, you know, you shore up some money in 2021. You get that point guard, secondary creator. We've talked about the Rudy Gobert thing. We're not into it. No. It's a similar, it's a similar version of the Andre Drummond conversation, even though Gobert is definitely a better player than Drummond, but I'm not paying a center that much money and giving up, giving up as many assets as Utah would want for him just to have him for one year and then have to sign him to a huge deal, you know, four year deal or whatever, five year deal. Not into that. We're not. So we're not going to talk about it. No, no. Uh, there's there's two names I'm looking at with with Utah. You mentioned Mike Conley. I don't think there is a straight up deal that Dallas could pull off for Mike Conley just because no. he has he's at 34 million player option. He's going to pick that up probably unless he declines it and does some like long term deal with uh, with Utah or something. But uh, if they do try to work out something with like another team, could you that 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 team doesn't want Conley? Could you swoop in and say, hey, is there a way we could? But even that. Even to match the salaries, you're gonna have to include somebody like Maxi or Dwight Powell or someone. And on, like, I love Mike Conley. I would love him for an expiring vet on this team, but I, I don't want to. I'm not giving up Maxi for Mike Conley. No, so, I'm sorry. Um, the name that I'm intrigued by that I would assume Utah wouldn't put in a deal, but he transitioned to the bench last year. He only started 45 games. He started off the game season not not starting because they signed Boyan. They started Royce O'Neal was Joe Ingles and Joe Ingles came off the bench some for him. He's 33. He's under contract next year at 10 million and then 13 million. So he's a 40% three point shooter. He would give you a vet plays decent defense and can play make some. What, what would you give up to get Joe Ingles? Hmm. Because I think he would fit great in Dallas. I'm not as, I wouldn't trade Tim Hardaway for him. But as a player or as a contract? Probably both. Yeah. Just because you are cutting in 13 million into the 2021 cap space. Tim is on the expiring. I think I would prefer Tim over Ingles this year. But my, my thing is, is there a move that you would consider if that would be intriguing to Utah for you to say, Hey, let's go get Joe Ingles to either start or come off our bench. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like which which player would you give up, right? Because you give up, he makes thirteen million in the twenty twenty one year where you want yeah. you want salary cap money, so you kind of want to offset that a little bit. So you throw I mean, we would we would both do Delon. We know that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that would that it's would like, help offset would, it. Would you trade Seth Curry for Joe Ingles? Ooh. And, or if it's like Seth Curry in 31 for Joe Ingles or I mean Maxi for Joe Ingles who would have the better bigger impact on the team next year Joe Ingles or Maxi Kleba it's like on the Mavericks the, yeah on the Mavericks yeah and if the Mavericks looked at it and said all right we would get more playmaking a little bit better shooter Maxi's a better defender um but but Joe Ingles you, is not a minus defender exactly he's not a minus defender at all so I just wonder I don't think Utah will trade him but I do wonder what it what it would take because I do think he would be great in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's kind of kind of that three and D guy with a little bit extra playmaking as well, uh, which is why Utah probably won't get rid of him because he's very useful for them. All right. Let's quickly get to the Washington Wizards. There's not a ton here. Uh, John Wall making forty one point two million dollars next year. Bradley Beal making twenty eight million. They both have. Um, Two more, two more years, basically. One more guaranteed, and then a player option. John Wall's player option in 2022 is $47 million, so yikes on that one. Then they have 
Uh, their next highest payer is Thomas, highest paid player is Thomas Bryant, making eight point three. He's center. Ish Smith making six million. Rui Hachimura on his rookie deal. Jerome Robinson on his rookie deal. Troy Brown Jr. on his rookie deal. Mo, uh, Mo Wagner on his rookie deal. Isaac Bonga on his rookie deal. Admiral Schofield, remember that guy? Admiral Schofield on his rookie deal. Uh, and then the last guy whose name I can't pronounce that didn't play <laughs> on his rookie deal. Um, I don't see really any trades. Yeah. We've, we've talked about our doomsday scenario with John Wall and Bradley Beal for like every single role player on the Mavs team so that the Mavs team is basically just, you know, Luca, Porzingis, Brad Beal, John Wall, and then that's it, like Boban. And then Nick and myself. <laughs> yeah, and us. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That'd be a crazy doomsday scenario, but... Yeah, I don't see a ton of, of moves here because it's hard to trade for some of these, you know, role players. Troy Brown Jr. would be an interesting player for the Mavs, but I don't think they're wanting, yeah. to, wanting to trade him. You know, would you go with the 18th pick for him? I think I no, would. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No, no, I wouldn't. Interesting. I'm not. I'm not too high on him. We love Brad Beal. We've said it a thousand times. He'd be perfect in Dallas. People will outbid if they ever do trade Brad Beal. People will outbid them. Yeah, guys, don't throw out the KP situation and say, "Well, we got KP from New York, so we can." Th- that doesn't mean that you can get <laughs> any star out there. That KP situation was so unique of just how everything went down. It doesn't always work that way. My only thing I want to mention about Washington—they own the eighth pick in the draft. They're gonna suck for the moving forward, and I think they're a team that if they don't have a guy there like um, Okongwu or something like that, um, eighth pick, right? Ninth. Ninth pick, my bad. Uh, they had the ninth pick to where they're a team that I would look at and say, could you move up to that spot? And if you're Dallas, you have 18 and 31. Would you attach a role player, one of your role players, to the to those picks to move up to pick nine? And depending on who falls, if there is there somebody, <coughs> God, my voice went out. Is there somebody <laughs> in? The, and that we're going to talk about trade up targets too. Um, at some point, yeah. Uh, if Dallas did trade up in like top ten or lottery, who they should target. But that would be the only thing I'm looking at for for Washington for that ninth pick. Yeah, we'll talk about trade up targets in another podcast. But there you go. That's our Jazz and Wizards trade targets. Not a ton there, but we had a bunch of fun talking about the Russell Westbrook and James Harden situation in Houston. Guys, we will be back with more draft stuff, with more talks about the Mavericks and what they're going to do in the draft. We'll talk about that all week coming up on the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. I'll pray for you, Steven Silas. Peace out. Boom. It says, in another instance, Austin Rivers was barked at by James Harden after the former MVP missed a free throw and blamed Rivers, who was standing by the bench for distracting him. (gasps) Austin, I was shooting there and you were like standing over there. Whoa, I hate you and your family and your and your brother-in-law. Ugh.